I borrowed a palm branch. Sorry, here you go. (laughs) The beginning of our readings for today from John 12, verses 12 to 18. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord even the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. Join your hearts together with mine as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning you have given to us as we are gathered around your word, your Son, given to us as he was given to Jerusalem, walked in, celebrated as a king, We know, Lord, that the end of the week did not come with the same celebrations, yet Easter was coming. The day of resurrection was coming. We pray, Lord, that as we celebrate this time, uh, that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit. Lead us in your word. Point us to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. They heard. Did you catch that in the readings? The crowd that had gone out there had heard Jesus was coming. I want you to think about what that looks like in this day and age. There's not a lot of times that we hear of somebody coming into town and the whole town is in an uproar ready to welcome them. And maybe if you follow a particular music artist, you've got a small group of friends that are excited that they're coming near to town and and you go to the concert, right? I think probably one of the two ways that we can think about it the most is like when the Pope goes to a city. You ever watched on TV when the Pope goes somewhere? Everybody from the villages, everybody from the town, everybody from the surrounding areas want to come in just to see him, just to wave at him or have him wave back. And if he's close enough to the edge to actually hold a hand or to touch somebody, my goodness, people go crazy. All because of a person, a person whom they hold in high esteem, absolutely. In Jesus' day, people had heard about him. It's been nearly three years that he's been doing his ministry, that he's been healing people out in the desolate areas. He's been feeding people, and just a week prior, he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Imagine that week of conversations as Lazarus is walking around talking to people. Can you imagine what's on his mind? How joyful he is to be walking along, walking around, and he's telling people, yeah, I was dead. Died on Tuesday. By Thursday, I was walking around and eating dinner with Mary and Martha. I mean, it'd be pretty amazing, right? Three days in the tomb and then up out of the grave. His witness to other people caused everyone else to get excited. And then Jesus coming into town. You can imagine Lazarus shouting that as well as they leave 
Mount Olive and just on the east side of Mount Olive and start walking along over that down through the valley into the temple area and everybody gathering around. And the crowd that's there was there because they had heard Jesus had done these miraculous things. From raising a guy from the dead, from healing, from uh, fulfilling prophecy of Isaiah and the Psalms and the other areas of Scripture. This is the guy, this is the king that's coming in to set everything straight. And during a time when thousands of people were in town for the Feast of the Passover. Man, what a day to be present. What a celebration. All because they heard that Jesus was coming. We sing. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see, you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. They saw. Now, if any of you have been around uh, the church for quite some time, you, you'll probably see that the song we're singing today is usually an Easter song. Yet see, in this day, it works quite beautifully and wonderfully and perfectly. If we were to jump to another gospel with Luke, you would hear of all the people that had come around to see Jesus. All the people that were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And the scribes and the Pharisees and the chief priests were shouting out, Quiet your disciples. And Jesus had said, look, even if they were silent, all of creation, the stones even, would cry out praises. As we sing this song, of all creatures of our God and King, which we are a part of absolutely. We sing those praises knowing that God has done everything for us in Jesus. And as he was walking in and those from all over the surrounding areas and nations and people saw him there, were amazed and wanted to get even closer. And the Greeks that came in to talk to Philip 
who knew their language and knew their culture, being from a town in Galilee that was very Greek. And they said, hey, we know you're close to him. Would you bring us in? A little VIP backstage pass. Would you bring us in to see Jesus? We want to get closer to this guy. That's one perspective. And a beautiful perspective. To be able to see in a right way who this Jesus is. One who has come to save, one who has come to lead. Even if they didn't have the full picture, they still saw him as important. One to be praised, one to be lifted up, one to be honored and respected. Now there are others that saw. The Pharisees and scribes even said it. See, you're gaining nothing. The whole world has gone after him. We can't stop this momentum by what we wanted to do. We can't just take him out at this point. The whole crowd of people here for Passover will come and lynch us. We can't just go kill him down a back alley somewhere. That's not going to work. But we see him as a rebel. We see him as a one causing an uprising. He's throwing the whole order of things out of balance. He's taking our glory away. And so this Pharisee wanted to do something about him because they saw things were not going the way that they wanted them to go. Jesus was taken over. and They didn't like it. Not one bit. They could see the direction it was going. That's the other perspective. One right side up, one upside down. I don't know. But as we see Scripture play out later, we certainly see that both of them could only see so far without seeing the full picture of who Christ really is. We think. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. It was Jesus' turn to talk. 
as he stood there in front of the crowds, in front of the people that had come to see him, in front of the people that had heard he was around, in front of the people that had laid palm branches down and started asking questions, it was his turn to speak. And as he spoke, well, quite honestly, I think it was pretty confusing. Did you get anything that he was saying? Not really, right? Whoever loves his life will lose it. Whoever hates his life in this world will save it. Whoever serves me serves the Father, and whoever serves the Father, the Father will honor him. Huh? It's hard to work our way through those words. It doesn't make a lot of sense right off the bat. Here's this guy that's coming in as king, and he's talking about a connection with the Heavenly Father. In the middle of his speaking... Seemingly the middle. You never know when the middle is when you're at the beginning of something. But in the middle of his speaking, as he says, Father, glorify your name, all of a sudden, someone else spoke. I mean, a voice from heaven. I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. Can you imagine the reaction of the people when they heard that? We'll get there. We're not going to talk too deeply about it because that actually comes up. But as these words are coming out of Jesus' mouth, as these people are following him in as a king, as they're waiting for this guy to make his inaugural speech, he speaks in a way that is not what they expected. Remember, most of the people were expecting, we're going to gather together, and as we gather everyone together, we're going to fight against Rome, clear out the enemy, we're going to purify this town and make sure that we're not under the oppression of Roman rule anymore. We're starting something. That's what they were expecting. And what they heard was, hey, those of you that love the way things are going right now, love your honor and love your position in society you love having others serve you whoever loves what you have going on right now in this place as you see yourself as the most prominent and you're loving the accolades and the respect you love that life you're going to lose it and those of you that hate your life hate the things that are going on around now remember this is pre-cross pre-savior Those of you that hate the oppression of things, hate this imbalance of stuff, hate all this stuff going on, don't worry. As you see yourself in that servant role, as you see the sins that break you down, as you see the fact that you're not worthy of God's love, life's going to be given to you. You don't need to rest in the accolades of all the people that are around you because God is going to honor things. God is going to set things right. God is going to glorify himself and he's going to make his glory known. And in that glory, you'll receive life eternal. See, those are the words they weren't expecting him to speak. Yet he did. Looking back, we can see why. We know what it all is as we look back at the cross, as we look back at his resurrection, we look back at all those things and we wait for that day where he comes to speak again and usher in eternal life and we look forward to a day coming where it's not just speaking the written word given to us, but hearing that very same word from the lips of Jesus as we hear it in his voice, his own heart, and his own words. Look forward to him speaking again. Because we know he's going to speak words of judgment on the world. Absolutely. He's also going to speak 
words of forgiveness, words of life, words that he has won for us as he speaks to his people. We sing. crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. As is right, Jesus had to explain things a little bit. As his voice comes out of heaven and as it thunders and shakes things, the people hear it and they say, an angel spoke to him. Or maybe it was just thunder. We don't really know, but it was loud and it was amazing and it shook us in our sandals. You can imagine hearing that majestic and unearthly a voice, something that you know is so different and out of the normal that it is not just a regular thing. Growing up in Southern California, I didn't have a lot of opportunity for tornadoes. They don't happen very often. A couple of years in St. Louis, I had more opportunity for tornadoes. Not that they touched down, but when we were out there, I was really worried about it. And I had to ask people, okay, what are the signs? What do we look for? What's something that I should keep an eye out for as, uh, you know, we hear tornado sirens and different stuff. And most of them went, eh, don't worry about it. We hear those things all the time. Yeah, come on out to California and ask me about earthquakes. Okay, so as we're out there, though, and we hear sirens go off, I'm like, okay. And I'm looking up and looking around. It looks stormy, but not all that bad. Except for one day. One day, the sky turned this sickly color of green that people had told me about. And I was like, yeah, sky doesn't do that. Yes, it does. It turned this weird color of green and clouds went into shapes that were not normal for Southern California clouds. And not that they went into funnel clouds, but like the layer of everything looked so odd and weird, I would have sworn Jesus was coming back. Because it was strange. The way the creation looked in that moment. And then I talked to people that were there and they're like, oh yeah, we still got time. Like, oh my goodness, this is weird. 
So you can imagine as they stood there and Jesus is speaking and they hear this voice from heaven. I have glorified my name and I will glorify it again. And some said it thundered and some said an angel spoke to Jesus. And Jesus said, that wasn't for me. That's for you. That's so you know something big is going down. That's so you know that this time is different than any other time in history because things are going to get weird. You guys are going to end up lifting me up from the earth on a cross. And that kind of got their attention. You see, because to use those words when he said, the Son of Man shall be lifted up, they knew exactly what that meant. They meant this guy that we're welcoming in as king in this uh, processional, in this parade, in this beautiful moment as we celebrate the coming king of Israel, you're now telling us we're going to crucify you? wouldn't make sense to them not by any means it doesn't make sense as we look back on it i mean we see the whole picture still and we still need explanation we still need god to explain things to us as we walk through his word there's still things that come up in here in his words that we go huh but that voice of god for our sake for our good, to let us know that He's doing something. Such a welcome voice. You hear it proclaimed to you through preachers' mouths. You hear it proclaimed to you in Scripture. You hear it proclaimed to you in the waters of baptism. You hear it proclaimed to you, handed to you into your hands in communion. Sorry, I had to pause there. <laughs> these moments where we need God's explanation of things that are going on and then we look at the world around us and we wait once again for God to speak from heaven to do something about the brokenness that's around us because we see the need for a God we see the need in all of creation for somebody to come in and fix it we just can't do it with our own hands so we wait for that day to get, for God to come back, speak once again, and explain things. And just say, hey, in this moment, I'll give it to you real straight. You're loved. You're forgiven. That's my explanation for you right now. And the world is broken. You're absolutely right. But in the midst of that brokenness, you're still loved. You're still forgiven. You're still my people. That voice of God that comes to explain things for our sake. We sing.
in certain circles, you'd probably be a little more used to standing up through the verses of that song. It's called a Trinitarian verse. The last couple of verses actually are. But at this time, I do invite you to rise for the last reading of our uh, gospel reading this day in honor of John's gospel. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, Light is among you for a little while longer, and while you have the light, less darkness, or walk while you have the light, less darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. But when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. And though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. You may be seated. I love this picture. Thinking of the people in this scripture verse, those who were basically choosing not to see yet wanted to see kind of a little bit still. Do you ever remember playing peekaboo with kids? I love it, right? As kids would play peekaboo and they would count, or you play hide and go seek and they'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, as they're counting out for hide and seek, just trying to see a little bit, maybe not as much as they want to see, but also wanting to kind of be in some place of safety, doing the right thing, following the rules, making sure that everything that they're doing, they're not caught in what they're doing, so they're not called out about it yet. They're curious. They're curious about this Jesus. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? This guy who talks about the Son of Man being lifted up, this guy who the Father in heaven is speaking to, this guy who says everything's going to be upturned. Now, we don't want to go outside of our social norms and get kicked out of the synagogue and lose our places of honor and lose our places of uh, respect in the marketplace, but there's a curiosity here. Because they believe in who he is. I mean, think of Nicodemus, even. Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus in the cover of night, as John recounts that moment, as Nicodemus comes in to ask him questions. Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees of the day, and asking Jesus about rebirth, what that all means. What does it mean to be a son of light? What does it mean to walk not in darkness but in light? What does it mean to follow this Jesus and believe that he truly is the Son of God? What does it mean to follow this guy? 
And as Nicodemus walks away from there, he doesn't at first stand up to the local authorities or anything else, but he does become a voice for Jesus. He is one that didn't see initially, yet as time went on, he started to see a little bit more. See, in these moments where Jesus is laying everything out for them and saying, to see, you got to be in the light. You can't see when you're in the dark. Stop closing your eyes. Stop blinding yourself to what needs to be seen, that I am the Son of God that's come here for you. And yeah, it's different than you imagined it would be. Yet, most of them still couldn't quite bring themselves to it. To see. To see Jesus in clarity. To see Jesus in truth. To see Jesus in the light. Because to walk in the light means that you've got to look at your own sin. To walk in the light means you need to look at your misunderstandings of everything. To walk in the light means that everything you've grown up with has probably got to change a little bit to see Jesus rightly. For us growing up in the church, more often than not, we've been in the light ever since baptism. Eh, there's moments of darkness. Absolutely. Eh, there's seasons of darkness. Or maybe dusk. Not seeing everything fully clearly and brightly. And then there's moments where things are just bright as could be and clear as day and everything is beautiful and wonderful. And then the sun goes down again and there's darker times as well. That's what life is. This side of the cross and this side of heaven. It's all kind of mixed up and muddled a little bit. We know what's true and clear and right and good. God gives us his word and scripture about that. Like we talked about before, it still needs explanation. We still fight with our sinful selves. We hear God call us saints in our baptism. And so it's all kind of mixed up and confused. And sometimes we don't want to see at all because we like the path that we're on, yet we're still a little curious about what God's doing. Ultimately, we know what he's going to do. He's already promised it. That promise has been given to you that he's going to usher you into the new kingdom, into the new heavens and new earth as everything is torn apart and recreated and heaven is brought back to earth and everything is back in line once again and God is in the midst of his creation living with his creatures. We praise him. Sing alleluias instead of hosannas. Hosannas means God save us. Alleluias. Praise God. Like you heard in that last verse, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. We do that. But one day, that'll be never-ending. One day that'll be the only thing that's sung. One day the only thing going on will be praises of our Lord with no confusion, no darkness, nothing. There will be no option but to see God in His purity. In the presence of Jesus standing before you in His flesh that He took on into Godhood and kept and did not separate from, but perfected and then will raise us from the dead, perfecting us as well. Living with one another in perfectness without darkness or division, but living in unity as brothers and sisters in one family. As we are, but it's hard to see right now. But that day's coming. We'll see. 
It'll be here. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We have heard your word. We have seen the Christ, Jesus, born into our flesh, walked upon this earth in all your creation, raised again from the dead and ascended into heaven. We look forward to the day that he is back once again where we can see him, where you will be present, Lord Jesus, to explain everything. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, present in and amongst life. Life that is never ending. Life that is lived purely in light and life that we look forward to. We hear about it, yet we long for it. We're pretty tired of the darkness and the brokenness that goes on around us. And we pray that you continue to work by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead us in light, the light of your word, the light of Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness and the life and the light that you have brought into the world of men so that your love and grace and mercy for us would be shown in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise.